Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Carolwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So how many ready for the main point? Today, we serve the forces of darkness their official eviction notice. Today, we serve the forces of darkness their official eviction notice from our minds, from our families, our communities, and our cities and regions. Most of the power that the end of the Bible actually calls Satan the God of this age. Did you know that? Did you know that? Oh, I don't really like the way that sounds. I don't either. But I'll tell you what. The Bible says that this age is coming to a close. And just so you know, I'm already way ahead of myself in the notes. But whatever, you'll just hear this again later. That's fine. If the enemy is trying his best to attack you in the present, remind him of his future. It is our Lord Jesus that will personally grab the dragon by the throat and escort him to the lake of fire where there he will burn forever and ever and ever. Oh, but Joel, the lake of fire, like, isn't that God being kind of mean? Let me tell you something. The lake of fire is the perfect demonstration of the goodness of God. How can you say something like that, Joel? I'll tell you how. Thanks for asking. Because how much pain has death caused humanity? How much pain has sickness caused humanity? How much pain has the lies of the great liar caused you and I? You and I, all of our torment, all of our abuse, all of our pain came from one day, thousands of years ago, Satan dropped a seed of error into creation. And since then, that seed of curse has tried to damage all of us. But I will tell you that the pain that Satan and death has caused humanity, Jesus, the avenger of his people, will grab them and escort them personally to the lake of fire. Well, the Bible says the smoke of their torment will go up forever for everyone to see. You must embrace the day of vengeance of our God. And the good news is, is that God being the avenger of his people doesn't just wait till the great day. He also, the Bible says that the Uh, that God had put enmity between the woman and and her seed and the dragon's or the snake's head. And the Bible says that the the woman's seed, which would be Yeshua Jesus, shall bruise his heel because he was stomping on the head of the snake. What does that mean? That means, yes, Satan's ultimate destination is the lake of fire, but just so you know, he gets to use me and you to stomp the head of the snake all throughout time until he gets to burn forever. I don't think you're catching this. You are used to stomp the head of the snake. 
That's your job. That's your calling in creation. I think today my goal is not necessarily to go into all the nuances of spiritual warfare. That's not my goal today. My goal is to remind you that there are real enemies in this world that, you're called to, that you are called to stomp out. Out of your mind, out of your heart, out of your families, and out of your communities. It's time for the defeated enemies to be driven out of the land. We have real enemies. Satan and his demons are the true enemies of God and his people. Although they are a defeated enemy because of the cross, they can still pose a serious threat to our society if people continue to choose to allow them to remain in power. So, what do we need to learn about our enemy? Not much, because he's not the main focus of our kingdom. Did you know that? How many of you have ever read the Bible cover to cover? Read the Bible cover to cover? Raise your hand. Yeah? Okay. Satan is not mentioned that much. Did you know that? Did you know that Satan actually doesn't have a whole lot of real estate in the Bible? He's only mentioned in the Old Testament like three or four times. Arguably maybe five or six. He actually is not mentioned that much in the scriptures. Because the real struggle... Um, that it really exists is the human heart's ability to stay submitted to the Lord and free from idolatry. That's really the story of Israel and humanity, freeing our hearts from idolatry and staying submitted to the Lord. That's the real struggle. However, Satan does everything he can to keep our heart distracted from the Lord. So what do we know about the enemy? Well, we know that the enemy, the forces of darkness, are a pre-Adamic race of fallen angels who rebelled against God. Amen? What do they want? They want to hurt the heart of God by preventing humans from seeing who Jesus is. Both in finding him through salvation and continuously seeing him through devotion. The objective of the enemy, the enemy is so insane in his hatred towards God, mostly because he knows he's been severed from the presence of God. Did you know this? Like his, the enemy's insanity actually comes from the fact that he'll be severed from the manifest presence of God forever. That's actually his main upset point because he actually knows that all of life comes from God. So his insanity and his hatred towards God, um, he cannot really affect God in the sense that God is not threatened by the devil. It's, you ever see these memes where it's like Jesus and Satan arm wrestling? It's not like that at all. <laughs> Like, Satan is nowhere even close to the same level of power than Jesus. You guys know this, right? You know he's just an angel? He's just one angel with a group of angels that followed with him. Angel, God, not on the same pain. Yeah? But his goal is to hurt the heart of God by deceiving the ones God loves the most. If he cannot torment God, then he'll try, to tor he'll try to go after God's wife. Yeah? If he can't torment God, then he'll try to go after God's kids. Satan, who the Bible calls the God of this age, has blinded those, the minds of those so that they cannot believe. 
They're unable to see the, it says in first, second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, Satan, who is the God of this age, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They do not understand this message. They do not understand the message about the glory of God, who is the exact likeness of God. The glory of Christ to his exact likeness of God. What do they want? Well, they want to steal, kill, and destroy. Everyone say steal, kill, and destroy. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Oof. Let me pause right there. You guys remember in the book of Isaiah 61 where it says, that, where Jesus says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach the good news, to release those of captivity, and to declare the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Yes? Remember? Are you awake? Come on, I'm the one that's sick here, not you. Are you awake? Yes? Good. I remember reading that passage growing up, and I would love the part about the year of the Lord's favor. Oh, that makes me feel good. He's the sovereign Lord, the, the spirit of the sovereign Lord's upon him to preach the good news. Yeah, it makes me feel good. And then every time it got to the day of vengeance of our God, I was like, oh, I don't like that so much. I was like, oh, that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Until the Lord showed me who the day of vengeance of our God is for. It's actually not for us. In fact, the day of vengeance of our God, the Bible says, if you read Isaiah 61, it says that for every portion of sorrow, there shall be a double portion of joy. God goes and gets the double portion of joy that Satan stole from you. Every time Satan brought sorrow because he stole something from your life, God, in the day of vengeance, goes back and gets double for everything that was stolen from you. Or can I get an amen? Hello, church. My gosh. Every single one of us has had something stolen from us, inspired by the kingdom of darkness. And it's time for payback. That's why God says, don't you take revenge. Revenge is mine. Trust me. You are not as good at taking revenge as I am, says the Lord. Because when the Lord takes revenge, he restores the humans involved in the error and then plunders the forces of darkness. But did you know that for that little equation to work, for that little double portion to come your way, you have to forgive those who harmed you. Your double portion of joy is still locked up behind your unforgiveness. Ooh, that was a good word. Ooh. Ooh, I'm sorry. That, was, that had a little bit of Sasson Goya on it. Anybody? Some adobo? The double portion of joy is still locked behind the wall of unforgiveness. Forgive, and the joy gets unleashed. Because then... You get out of the way as being the avenged, uh, revenge taker. You get out of the way of the, being the avenger. It's God's job to be the avenger of his people, not yours. Your job is to forgive. Your job is to bless. And your job is to let him take revenge. Not only will he restore your abuser, but he will vanquish the demon behind that abuser. The Bible says in the book of Malachi chapter 3, it says, I shall rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Don't get in God's way. Don't get in God's way by holding on to your own unforgiveness. Trust me, you're not better at revenge than he is. 
Another thing that the forces of darkness want is they want humans to question their identity. If you read in the book of Matthew, the temptation of Jesus, it was three times that Jesus, uh, uh, Matthew asked Jesus to question his identity. If you're the son of God, why don't you tell those stones to become bread? If you're the son of God, why don't you go ahead and fall down? For the Bible says that he'll command his angels to come and rescue you. Yeah? Yes? He, quite, he attacked his identity. Another tactic of the enemy is to get you to question the word of God self. Did God really say? Did God really say that if you eat this fruit that you'll die? Surely you'll not die. In fact, he's scared that you'll be just like him. What a, what a trickster. Like, think about this, you guys. The very thing that Satan wanted was to be on the same plane with God. And now he hates us because we're co-heirs to the throne. Oh, you missed it. Some of you missed it. Satan's very rage is that he wanted to be on the same plane with God. And now he hates you and I because you and I are co-heirs to the throne of Jesus. Like God could not have placed us any higher than in Christ himself. Like when you sit, oh, I'm just going to sit on this little tiny throne way down at the bottom when I get to heaven. No, Mariela. You're going to sit on the throne with Christ on his throne. I love you. I'm not trying to call you out. Or okay. Are you good? You still good? Let me give you some good news today. Yes, they want to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, the forces of darkness want us to question our identity. Yes, they want us to question the word of God. But here's the good news. They are defeated. They're already defeated. Listen, the demonic onslaught that's after our children through sexual immorality has actually already been defeated. The onslaught that's after uh, uh, poisoning our economies through unjust business practices. The Bible says the Lord detests uneven scales. Like those kinds of demonic business practices diluting human economies, those demons have already been defeated. So what are you standing around for? The risk has been removed from the equation. The, I love this old quote, and I don't know who it's from, but I'll say it like this. The only thing in this world is needed for, good men to, uh, for evil men to succeed is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. Romans chapter 16, verse 20, it says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Colossians 2, 15. He disarmed. <laughs> I love this. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this for real. You about to go into a battle and can you imagine if you're riding up to the enemy and you see that none of the enemy on the other side have weapons? <laughs> well, that's a pretty easy battle to win. When we have the entire armor of God. 
We have the entire armor of God and the Bible says that they have no weapons. The only weapons they have is the lies they get you to believe. That's it. If they can get you to believe a lie about Jesus or about yourself, then they don't have to fight you. But once you begin to see the truth, they are absolutely defenseless. And you can cause these demonic principalities in our regions to literally pick up and go, grab your bags and don't come back. Oh, that whole thing about seven stronger demons? No, I ain't playing that either. Tell your seven stronger friends they ain't coming back either. Did you catch that? Guys, we're not here to have a cute little church gathering and not leave an impact in the earth. We're not here to have a nice little church huddle and not push darkness out of Tampa Bay. Like, this is our job, folks. Our job is to step into every sphere of society that we live in and push darkness out and bring the light of God in. That's actually our job. We're actually ambassadors of the government of Christ. Now, here's the deal. I actually keep praying. I know I'm a little bit all over the place today, but whatever. Maybe it's the caffeine. Maybe it's the Sudafed. Who cares? (laughs) I've been praying, and I keep picturing Tampa as a prototype city. Watch me now. Jake, I think you're going to follow me on this one. But what is a prototype city? Did you know that King David had a, a new covenant relationship with God before the covenant came? Like, while King David was still under more of a mosaic covenant, more of a covenant of law, he still already had access to the presence of God, unlike few people even had in the entire covenant. Do you follow? Right? Everybody else had to follow the, the protocol of, you know, there was one, king, one priest allowed in, once a year to go into the Holy of Holies, right? To make atonement for the people, and that was it. Like, that was your access to the presence of God, but not David. David actually had fresh access to the presence of God. Like oracles were given to David. Psalms 22, right? David actually saw Jesus on the cross in Psalms 22. He saw his hands and feet pierced. Yes, yes, yes. David had a prototype connection with God that was a covenant early. That was whole covenants early, right? Like now the veil's been torn. Now we all have access to the presence of God. Now we actually have one great high priest in Christ who lives in us and we live in him. So now we have full access to the presence of God. But David had that kind of access before the veil was torn. Are you following me here? Are you following me here? I believe that when Jesus returns to cause the restoration of all things, we shall hunger no more, neither shall we thirst anymore. Yes. The earth shall be restored to its fullness. Yes. Yes. I actually believe, I mean, guys, follow me in this one, but I'm believing that Tampa can get there a whole return early. I'm believing that Tampa can actually, like, the goodness and the kingdom of God can be so expansive in our city that we can start to experience heaven on earth here and now. Like, I'm actually believing this. Like, we've been given the authority to actually do this, yes? And I keep praying and I keep seeing Tampa as a prototype city of heaven on earth. But it takes us to actually believe that it's possible and then for us to push out darkness. That's it. The best way to push out darkness is to just shine light. You ever, you ever try to like push out darkness? It's not, you don't really, all you do is just turn on the light and the darkness flees. I read this already, but I'll read it again. Genesis chapter three, verse 15. I shall cause... Nim, I love you so much. Hey, I just heard from the Lord earlier, by the way. I love you, Mom. Okay. 
Sorry. Sorry. And I shall cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he will strike your head and you shall bruise his heel. I love that. Our job is to bruise, in Christ, is to bruise our heel by stomping on the head of the snake. So where is the snake in your life? Ask God for discerning eyes. Where is genuinely the forces of darkness trying to creep in so that I can have a stomping party? It's time that we stop looking at the enemy as like this great big like, like Catholic exorcist movie. Like that's not the kingdom. That's not the truth of the kingdom. He has no weapons. He's been disarmed. He's been disrobed. He's naked. And you have the full armor of Christ. And your job is to actually bruise your heel stomping on his head. So it's time for you to start asking God for discerning eyes in your own heart and in your own home. Where's the stomping party? Yeah, come on, guys. It's time for you to take ownership. It's time for you to take ownership. He's given you all the authority, and he took all the weapons away from your enemy. There was a story in the book of Joshua, chapter 9. And I don't have time to read all of it to you. But you need to understand, as Joshua and the tribes of Israel were starting to actually conquer the promised land, yeah? The Lord was with him and with them in every battle. There was a couple kings in there that knew what God was doing in Israel. They knew that if they tried to stand up against Israel, they would lose. The Bible actually said that these particular kings heard about what the Lord had done for the people of God by parting the ocean. So they're like, we're not going to try to stand up a people whose God literally splits oceans in half. Like, nah. So you know what they did? They actually tricked the leaders of the people of Israel under Joshua's leadership to allow them to stay under treaty. So they said, hey, we're not really your enemies. By the way, those kings, those cowardly kings, they were a group of people that Joshua was supposed to wipe out the land. They knew it. They saw it coming. So they pretended to be friends. They ended up changing the way they dressed to be poor and look like poor. Uh, uh, Please take pity on us because we're the poor among you. So then the people of Israel signed a peace treaty with their actual enemies and their enemies were allowed to remain simply because they were tricked in allowing them to do so. By the way, that's the only way Satan occupies this land. Because he's tricked us into thinking that he's our friend. The Bible says that anyone who is a friend of the world makes himself to be an enemy of God. And anyone who's a friend of God makes himself to be an enemy of the world. But the enemy's trying to trick us that he's our friend. And I'm not going to be tricked any longer. How does the enemy penetrate? Let's just talk about this real talk. Some of the stuff that you're watching is allowing demonic, um, like demonic genuine influence into your home by what you watch on TV or what you watch on your phone. Straight up. Um, Some of the stuff that you allow your eyes to see, the Bible says that the eyes are the lamp of the body. If the eye is good, the whole body is good. But if the eye is bad, the whole body is full of darkness. And how great is that darkness? Jesus said it. So I'm going to start by saying, if you're watching things that you know, um, like are potentially like open doors to the demonic, stop watching them. If you're playing games, 
All right, some of these games, you know, that are rooted in witchcraft, if you're playing games that are rooted in witchcraft, and you, and you for those of you like, listen, it doesn't take much. Spend enough time in the presence of God and your discernment is going to start to go up. Real talk, you spend some time in the presence of God, you spend some time worshiping Jesus, listen to me, this is important. You spend some time worshiping Jesus, you don't need like a book that tells you where all the demonic principalities come from. You just need the, the, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit to be like, ah, that ain't right. Like the Holy Spirit will just tell you. But it's up to you to obey and respond. Let me tell you something. I live in a home, I live in a home where I've been married to my wife for 10 years. I know she's not here, but give it up for Brianna because she's literally the best. <laughs> Baby, when you watch this online, just want to know I love you. I've been married to my wife for 10 years and we've only ever argued I, less than 10 times. We don't scream in our home. Our children know nothing of this screaming match between parents. 10 years. And we don't allow this like fits of demonic rage to come into our home. Nah, we ain't playing that game. Right? Anytime I've ever struggled with lust, I have confessed to my wife. I hold no secrets. I, I hold no secrets. And then together we both repent and together we close the door. I'm not going to allow my home to be a den of thieves. My home will be a house of prayer. Not just by what you watch, but also by what you say. The Bible says that the tongue is a flame, a flame of fire that actually burns from the flames of hell. If you want hell in your life, go ahead and let this thing run wild. But if you want heaven in your life, go ahead and align this thing to the will of God. I can actually declare the atmosphere of heaven into my home by this thing right here. Because the Bible actually says that God put life and death on this thing. So I'm going to use this to bless. I'm going to use this to bless my, the atmosphere of my home. Bless the atmosphere of my room. Yeah? I don't know about you guys, but I, I want heaven on earth. In, if you come to my house, you'll notice that there's this peace in my home. A lot of people say this. When they come to my house, they're like, oh, I love it here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's heaven on earth. The, the Bible says that his increase, the increase of his government, there shall be no end. I want heaven increasing in my home. I want the peace of God increasing in my home. And that is the great fight, by the way. Paul told Timothy, hey, listen, I ran a good race. I fought a good fight and I kept the faith. That's my fight. My fight is my home will look just like heaven. And then my neighborhood will look just like heaven, right? Our communities will look just like heaven, yeah? That's the fight. It's the same command that we were given in the garden. We were told to receive this garden and expand the garden to all the edges of the earth. Now we got the superpowers to do it. Before, we didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We do now. And before, Jesus had not yet died, but he died now. Like, we are post-cross people. That means any obstacle preventing his kingdom from building on the earth is obsolete. 
I don't want to sit here and beat you up all day. Let me talk to you. I love that I'm part of a church of people. I'm not trying, ladies, I'm not trying to like, don't, I'm not trying to make you feel like an afterthought, but I love that I'm part of a group of men that protect their home. Right? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not undermining the function of a woman in her home. She, like, my, the woman in my home is the queen of my home. Like, I really mostly just sleep there. <laughs> Brianna runs the show. But let me tell you something. Like, I'm not alone when I can say I'm part of a group of men that have taken it seriously to protect their home from the forces of darkness. Together. I, I see people, I see men and women in this church that take it seriously to push back darkness. Like, no, not in my community. Not in my house, not in my neighborhood. Not while I'm here. And so, together as we take this communion, I just want to remind you, like, this is all the authority you need over the forces of darkness. There is nothing in the kingdom of darkness that's more powerful than the cross of Jesus. Nothing. Literally nothing. Talk, listen, if you actually like take the time to learn about this stuff, you talk to like sages and warlocks and witches, they'll tell you all kinds of things that they have to do to try and get some power in the supernatural. We, all we have to do is remember the power we already been given. Like if you really like learn about this stuff, they gotta do all kinds of things to drum up power. All we have to do is remind ourselves the power we already have. So let us eat. But Joel, like what happens if I've opened up? What happens if I have consciously made sinful decisions that have opened up doors, to, legitimate doors to the demonic that I've allowed? Great question. My answer is the blood of Jesus. Because the Bible says that we were red like crimson and he has now washed us white as snow. What happens when I make my mistakes? What happens when, hey, listen, there's no mistake too deep that the blood of Jesus doesn't run deeper still. This is the great reversal button. This is our great restoration, the blood of Jesus. I love the song, um, this is all of my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This reverses the effects of sin. This is why this is health into my body, did you know that? Like this is actually health into my flesh because literally the, not just the forgiveness of sins, but the reversal of its effects are found in the blood of Jesus. We are no longer accursed people because he carried all of our curses on his own body and then poured out his blood of blessing upon us. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Carolwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.